What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show, the podcast. It is January 23rd, if I just counted correctly. That means, theoretically, we are within like seven to eight days of getting news on MLB The Show 24? Question mark? That is just a guess. Uh, if we're going by the timeline of the year before, and I believe the year before that. So, let us all cross our fingers together and pray to our sweet Lord Ramon that news is coming, because I'm starting to get bored of the dryness of the offseason. It is time to get some stuff to talk about. And of course, this is the place for you. If you're down to hear about the news or talk about the news or have opinions about the news, because that's all we're going to be doing throughout the rest of the couple of months before 24 drops. We're going over every bit of news there is. This will be your source for MLB The Show 24 stuff. As it always is. This channel is dedicated to MLB The Show, and it always will be. And I appreciate all your guys' support in reaching goals and stuff. I don't really know where that sentence went. That felt like a Michael Scott. Sometimes I don't know where every sentence is going. I just kind of figure it out along the way. I didn't figure that one out. But today, in this, in this episode, uh, we don't have much to discuss. We don't have much direction. I was hoping this could have been a bit of news because of the last collection that came out on Friday. We were duped. We'll talk about that. Uh, so we're just going to kind of shoot the breeze for a little bit here. Not going to be a particularly long episode. And then uh, there will be more content later in the week for you guys to consume. So thank you all for being here. If you're on YouTube, like, subscribe, comment. If you're on Apple or Spotify, hit the follow button if this is your first time here. And make sure I haven't asked this in months. Leave a five-star review. I think I think it helps. But let's let's go talk about some stuff. So on Friday, we got theoretically, presumably, most likely, the final collection for MLB The Show 23. You guys know for the past several weeks, ever since the calendar updated to tell us we would have a collection on January 19th, that I surmised, and this was the biggest shot in the dark, there was no evidence to back up this guess of mine. This was not uh, teased by SDS in any sense. I was just trying to put some pieces together. But I thought that the January 19th collection for the Finders Keepers cards, which again, thematically make no sense, but I thought the collection would be the 99 overall MLB The Show 24 cover athlete. Presumably Jose Ramirez, but I would have taken anybody at that point. Instead, what SDS dropped was both a letdown and a not letdown, and let me explain. It was a letdown in that Steve Finley is not going to be on the cover of MLB The Show 24. If he is on the cover of MLB The Show 24, we have larger issues to talk about. So it was disappointment there, because I, I, I was hyped up. Maybe this was stupid of me, I got my hopes too high, thinking my theory was pretty good. Um, I was disappointed that it wasn't anything sexier than Steve Finley. At the same time, if we're being honest with ourselves, this Steve Finley is incredible. I don't know if I'd categorize... I don't know why I said that weird. I don't know if I'd categorize him as a true collection card. Like, he's crazy good, but, like, he's not insanely good. But you gave me Steve Finley's nasty good swing with Max Vision. We're talking. I don't know if he's going to be on everybody's God Squad. I wouldn't be shocked. His, his, his numbers versus lefties are not incredible. 
The 118 clutch does make up for the 107 contact left if there is a runner in scoring position, of course, and he fits the durability team if you are still running that, which a lot of you are. I don't know if I want to play him in center field. His 97 fielding is great. His 94 reaction is great. His 81 speed ain't bad, but 84 arm just kind of, I don't know, it worries me a tick in center field. So he's, he's a left field, right fielder to me. So a, a cool card, uh, by, by no stretch am I, like, enormously upset that this is the card we got. Again, I don't know why he's the collection. I don't even think he's the best Finders Keeper card there is. The way to get the Steve Finley collection was to purchase the final Finder Keeper card. Uh, where art thou? Paul Canerco. Or Knurko. I never know if it's Nurko or Nerko. I'll say it however I want. Uh, as a first baseman who has 85 fielding, which is probably supremely generous, 40 speed. He also fits the durability team because we cannot escape the durability captain. 108 clutch, 102 vision. At this point in the year, probably a little too low for me to run. Uh, but, he, you know, he's a power hitting first baseman. He is what he is, and therefore he is. He's from Rhode Island, which I didn't know. That's a weird place for a baseball player to be from. That's not to poo-poo Rhode Island, but it's cold there. Usually they're from warmer places. Uh, so Paul Canerco, you collect him and all these finest cards. Again, other than them all being finest cards, there's no theme here. I was trying to think of like, oh, maybe, you know, all these guys were like diamonds in the rough at one point. And then, you know, finders keepers, you found the diamonds. I, I don't know if that's true. From what I recall, Francisco Alvarez was a top prospect. He was not a diamond in the rough, as was Sean Murphy. I, I mean, I, I don't know. So, uh, these are the guys. You collect them all. Bingo, bango, bongo. You got Steve Finley. I saw various opinions. Let's get back to Steve Finley here on my screen if you're watching. So various opinions on the Steve Finley drop. The first opinion was not dissimilar to my own. Like, oh, poop. This is it. <laughs> this is presumably the last content drop, and it'll be the show 23. Now, there will be probably another... If they stay consistent, when they announce the cover, they will probably give that card a 99, and it'll be free in the shop. They did it with Jazz Chisholm last year. If it's Jose Ramirez, that is a little odd, because Jose's already got a couple 99s. I don't care. So that could happen. But presumably, this is the last true content drop. And so there was some disappointment that this was the last card. Last year, if you guys remember, the last card before Jazz Chisholm was 99 John Schmaltz. Schmaltz. Did I say Schmaltz? Schmaltz. Um, that was also pretty disappointing. So I don't really know why. Why isn't the final card content drop just a certified almost call the police banger. It's gotta be a rager. I saw Chev tweeting about this. He and I generally see pretty close to eye to eye. And I thought he had a great idea of what this card should have been. In the year of two-way actually working, and DH being available, and Shohei being around, and, you know, some two-way stuff with the Negro League's legends... Why wasn't this last card just an absurdly stupid Babe Ruth who could pitch and hit? I don't know. 
how feasible that is, but this car, this game is make-believe. They can do whatever they want. I know they like to call it a baseball sim, but it was make-believe. They can, they can literally do whatever they want. So this could have uh, been cool to be Babe Ruth. It didn't even have to be that collection. They could have just also dropped us a crazy good Babe Ruth. Maybe at the end of this forever event, instead of giving us a rewind pack for 300 wins, it could have been cool crazy Babe Ruth. Make us friggin' work for something. If I needed to get 300 wins for a maxed-out Babe Ruth who had 125 literally everything, I might play the event. Instead, I'm just doing it for content, and I have 25 wins in the last, like, month. So, I'm not enthused or excited to play it. So, Babe Ruth was one option. The cover guy was another option. Meanwhile, there are still very good players we don't have very good cards of. Lou Gehrig in my opinion, is chief among them, or at least up there. So it was a, an interesting way to end an interesting year in MLB The Show 23 content. We will do some sort of year-in-review episode on the podcast of MLB The Show 23. I might try to get another creator to come on to be part of that conversation. I think that would be a good thing to do to step back after the year's over and really grade this game as best we can. I think we all have very strong opinions of it in, in both directions. Gameplay was, in my opinion, very good. Content, sometimes, mostly very weak. Um, we are going to give it a full review, but it's not great to leave this taste in our mouths where the final collection card is, again, Steve Finley's cool, he's fine. He's not a bad card, but it's like, that's what we're going out on? To me, that's a little disappointing. Now, in looking ahead a little bit to, you know, talking about potential cover boys, we covered a little bit five, uh, five potential guys who could, who could be on the cover, some, some fellows who could be on the cover. We did five reasons why I think it's Jose Ramirez. Scuffy and I had a really interesting conversation, which I hope you guys enjoyed. You guys seem to enjoy it anyway. Go back to last week and listen if you have not yet. And Scuffy and I talked about legend cover possibilities. Like, who, who gets you to buy the game? Or who gets, like, the common person to buy the game? I'm buying the game regardless, obviously. But, like, the, the 13-year-old kid who's never played MLB The Show before. Or... Maybe a 40-something-year-old 40, 40 who hasn't played in a while, but it's like, oh, I remember watching that kid growing up, that player growing up. Who would make you buy the game? So, I think there's a lot of really interesting ways to do this. I think A-Rod as a cover star, of course, works, but as we talked about, or at least mentioned last week, A-Rod comes with a little bit of his own baggage in terms of a cover guy. Doesn't mean he can't be in the game, but it's a cover guy... He's a little volatile. Manny Ramirez is similarly volatile, but he was he was fun as shit to watch, and goofy, and and I don't even know if he's truly retired yet because he plays in like every oddball league that you can think of. But Manny'd be super cool. He'd sell some games, I think. And then the more I thought about it, like really, really, really thought about it, I was like, how cool would it be? 
if the legend cover of MLB The Show 24 was a Negro League player. They had the opportunity to do that this year. And excuse me while I look something up on my phone, but I'm going to speak while I'm doing this. They had the opportunity to do that this year, right? They introduced it to the game. Satchel Paige, Buck O'Neill, really, really cool players. Jackie Robinson, of course, had been on a Legend cover before, but he was representative of the Dodgers at that time, not the Negro Leagues. But part of me thinks, from a marketing standpoint, and just from an overall game reaction standpoint, maybe SDS wanted to wait to put those types of... Uh, or, or those the, those content types, such a, a new... It was, let's be honest, it was kind of a risk to put them in the game, even though we were all clamoring for it, but the way in which they put them in the game was a risk. So, it, what I'm getting at here... I think they waited to see the reaction to the storylines mode before making any really cool future decisions about the game. So we already know that the Negro League Legends are back next year. It's a five-year contract. Bob Bob Kendrick told us that when he was on our podcast. This upcoming year will be year two. We don't know how many Legends it's going to be. We don't know if the old Legends from this year, from the show 23, carry over. I sure as shit hope they do. Um, but I think this is the year... One of those new players can be on the cover because they wanted to see the reaction. The reaction was stellar. They're like, boom, let's capitalize on it. They're winning awards or at least being nominated for awards uh, because of this content. So I think it would be super cool for the legend cover to be Josh Gibson. And what I was looking up here was trying to find Josh Gibson's stats. And I think I could find it potentially on Wikipedia. Josh Gibson was a catcher, one of the most feared hitters of all time. He died, unfortunately, at a young age at 35 years old. But this man was a 12-time All-Star, a three-time batting champion, a two-time Triple Crown. He's in the Nationals Ring of Honor and the Pirates Hall of Fame for his time in the Negro Leagues. And... This man was just insane. I wish I could find his stats. Uh, in 1934, he had 69 home runs. In 1933, he hit 467 with 55 homers in 137 games. And that's against all levels of competition. Lifetime batting average is said to be higher than 350. Other sources put it as high as 384, which is the best in Negro League history. He hit almost 800 home runs during his 17-year career. Everyone, when we got the storylines mode this year and the partnership with the Negro League Baseball Museum, was excited to see Josh Gibson in the game, and he wasn't in the game year one. Why? That I don't know. I guess you can't just blow it all too quickly, right? You gotta, you gotta preserve. You gotta save some. So I think they want to introduce Josh Gibson with a bang. I hope it's this year. And I hope that he's a legend cover option. MLB The Show has done so much to help the growth of the Negro League Baseball Museum. I mean, as has Bob Kendrick on his own. That man is incredible. 
you know, every year they do such great work with like the Jackie Robinson Foundation. And that's not to say they have to stop doing that. I hope they continue to do that with their Jackie Robinson Day little package bundle thing they put together in the shop and the proceeds go there. But if they did something with the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, which is which is uh, expanding its footprint by expanding its museum, and MLB The Show helped generate some money to help make all of that possible, I think it's a win-win for everybody. Josh Gibson being on the cover would be cool. The legend cover, of course. They always, almost always have a legend cover and a regular cover, except in 2017 when Ken Griffey Jr. was on everything. Um, I just found that physical copy, by the way. I have that. I, I was looking around uh, at some of my physical PS4 games that I have, and I forgot I had that. Still have it. Sidebar. Um, you know, we're kind of... We're kind of at the point where... I guess every MLB The Show news cycle is like this, but it's time for a like something banging to happen. It is. I'm recording this on January 21st, 1.18 p.m. Eastern Standard Time currently. Getting ready for football today. Uh, but, like, it, it is desperately, desperately time for news. I don't care what the news is. I really don't care. I'm going to look up again really quickly something on my phone. As I said, Jazz Chisholm was on the cover, and that was announced on January 30th. Derek Jeter was announced as the Legend cover on February 2nd. Three days later. Four days later. Uh, three or four days later. Whatever. Regardless. We are at the point where within the next two weeks we could have a cascade of news piling on top of itself. I need it soon. <laughs> I, I need it sooner rather than later. Um, I'm kind of at the point. I know I said I was going to push for a thousand rated and ranked. I think I'm giving up on that. Not because I don't think I can do it. I think I could. But I just went 1-4 in, in my last five ranked games. The worst stretch I've had this year. And while a couple of those games I did get my dick kicked in, there were also a handful of those games that were just... unnatural. They just didn't make sense. The game didn't feel good. I was kind of bored. Which I don't want to be. So I think I need to get rejuvenated. And I think news will help me get there. So let us all hope that news is on the horizon. I cannot wait to talk about it with everybody. I cannot wait to hear all of your opinions on said news. Because with new or with the cover drop means potential new game modes or new uh, new tricks or new unique things or changes to captains potentially or changes to sets and like given how introductory so much of the content was this year. Captains were brand new. Sets and seasons were brand new. Storylines were brand new. This news cycle is going to be big. Because I would imagine changes are going to be made to some of these things. They'll still exist, but they might not operate in the same way. That's exciting. That's really exciting. 
So I can't wait to share it all with everybody. That's going to be it for this episode. Let me know what you think about Steve Finley, and let me know what you think about legend cover possibilities. Would you be stoked if Josh Gibson was the legend cover? Again, that's just a guess, but I think it makes sense. So thank you guys for making it to the end of this episode. I love you all. Have a great rest of your week. I'll see you next time.